0: Welcome to the podcast of Faith Presbyterian Church here in Clinton, Louisiana. I'm glad you found us. My name is Tony Piles, and I'm the pastor here. I pray this recording brings you encouragement and growth in Christ, and we would love for you to join us in person anytime you are in town. Check our website, faithchurchclinton.org, for our current schedule of worship and Bible studies. And may God bring you blessing through what you're about to hear. Thank you. We have the privilege of receiving an update from Julian this morning. You all know him, I'm meeting him this morning. So I'll, I'll just go ahead and hand it over to him, let him introduce himself and, and get us started. Thank you. Hey,
1: thanks so much. Look, it's, it's great to see everybody again. Uh, 20, what were we talking about? 20, 20 years, 2002, was it? I, I'm sorry, I can remember, yep. 2002, and in fact it was before that. But I came down and did a horrible job being the youth minister, didn't I? Um, <laughs> if I remember it the way I remember it, which involved Mark Stock's dog. Exactly. <laughs> 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 yeah, we'll tell you the story of Mark Stock's dog at some point. That was pretty sad. Um, yeah, thanks so much, guys. Let me give you an update, and I wanted to come along and, and just give you a, an update and, um, and share where we are. Um, so uh, I'm just going to remind you that the core of, the core, the little bit to start with, is the core of what we do and how we do it. Let me do let me that with you, and I'm pass them around, and there's some brochures. Um, and as you know, it's theological education, and I'm going to jump to the heart of it. What's your big expense in theological education? What's one of your biggest expenses? Building the buildings and keeping the plant going, right? Um, and so how can you do this without creating that expense Well, you just do this theological seminary, but you don't build the buildings, right? I'm going to be real quick, right? So that means that all of a sudden uh, you can then expand, and you can keep expanding. Because it's the people that get the training and the energy and the money, and you're not committed to keeping the buildings going. So that's the key to the whole. That's the key to the whole cycle. So if you so yeah, have a look there, uh, 95, as I've said, most of the pastors in the world don't have RTS two and a half miles up the road, or not two and a half, two and a half hours up the road, right? So how can we give them the same education? How can we give them the same education and yet do so in a way that that helps us? How can we do the same education and yet do so in a way that that doesn't cost anything and can expand and expand and expand? So there are many, many men out there, and you can imagine this, who love Christ all over the world, but they don't have the access to the materials. There are many ministers and elders out there that don't have the access and they really do want to learn and to grow and, and one of the wonderful things about this is that when they get it and they start working with it they own it, they take responsibility for it and we can work with them to that end and they really do want it. So this is a picture that I took early on in Uganda. These three men here are ministers uh, of three churches. They are historically they could be from anywhere. Um, so they come in from. We'll teach you the Westminster Confession of Faith, but you can come in from anywhere to live. So a story I was telling uh, Mike Levesque. Some of you might know Mike. Um, he's an old friend of mine. But a story I was telling Mike uh, last year was because uh, he came out of Bethel and he came out of sort of that sort of Pentecostal background. And I said, Well, we had a guy who came to one of these, not this. Actually, it was the same group, but not this particular group. And I was teaching doctrine of the church. And he came down and he said, we um, were doing introductions. So you go around and we do introductions. And uh, he put his hand up and said, I'm Apostle Jehoshaphat. And I said, great, I'm teaching the doctrine of the church. And I've got an apostle in the front row. You know, that's always going to be interesting, isn't it? Um, well, we went through the whole of the course and we were watching him. And everybody was watching him thinking, you're not going to stay. Because we're going to start poking around at certain things that you're not going to like. And he stayed he stayed for, he just sat and was dead quiet the whole time, he soaked it all up and he's never missed a men's course since then and he left Elgin to hospital So, So um, and you know he's from a very, very extreme Pentecostal church and he just soaked it all up and then he said I need more, I need more, give me more. And what we find in many cases and it's different from here. Many people hold to sort of extreme views that we would call extreme views, not because they hold to extreme views like this is what we believe, it's just all that they know. And then you put down scripture before them and you put down the word of God before them and they go, never knew that, never understood that, never understood that. And all of a sudden they are going, how could we reform our churches? Because we really want to start reforming our churches. Or another thing that's beginning to happen more and more is not how can we reform our churches, but how can we plant new churches, because sometimes they can stay in their denomination. The the particular guy who runs the Uganda, this is from Uganda, it's an old school, remember what I said, if we wanted to start a mint center, and I think I've said this too many times, we can start it right here, because it costs nothing for overheads. So we can just say, right, let's start it, and I'll sit down, and I'll work with whoever, I need one person to work with, right? Because it, it gets cumbersome. I can't work with lots of people, so I find one person to work with. We've got a complete curriculum, uh, which is uh, a US-based curriculum. We've got a, and we'll sit down and we'll talk to them, and we will design the curriculum for that centre. And then we will give them the notes, so you can see those notes that have been floating around. That's what they're reading. I don't know what that was. It might have been John. I can't remember the specific course because this was about six years ago, seven years ago that I took that photo. Um, And they'll start going through it, and they'll study it, and they've got lesson questions, they've got homework, they've got assignments, so they've got a reading assignment. One of our challenges is getting really good books in their hands. Because again, if you don't know what good books are, what do you do? do? And so we've got this huge thing called the Library Project where we get books from the Banner of Truth. And they give us free books and we build small little mini libraries for them and we give them away and when they graduate they get a box of books in their hands, which they've never had. Um, And you think, well how can they do ministry without that? Well that's what they have been doing for all these years. Um, So we can start it, it costs me nothing because I just have to get there. And then it costs you nothing because you already have a building. And then it costs a little bit of admin time. And then the teaching occurs in a couple of ways. Uh, The teaching occurs either if there's nobody to teach them, they learn from the books, and they sit down and they work through the books together. Or, I'll fly out, or one of my colleagues will fly out. um, Or, and I'll get there in a minute, some of our best graduates come and they do circuit riding. And they go and help teach at various places. And they grow themselves, as you know, as you learn, as you teach, you learn. And you grow. And by that way, we've set up a center, and apart from the initial costs of me getting there and then subsequent follow ups, because I do do that, the actual center doesn't cost anything to run. And then, as it grows, and then people see it, they say, well, can we have another one? So that was the first one we started in a school in Uganda. You can see, if you look there, you can see there's no windows. There was a thunderstorm that came about 25 minutes, 30 minutes after that picture was taken and we all had to move to the other side because the rain was coming in sideways, they were fine and we got up, we cleared everything up and we carried on going. The only thing that we require them to pay for, and we do require them to pay for, is the notes themselves. And that, for printing costs, costs them about $3 credit hour. So All of our courses are 3 credit hours, so it's $9 in total. And we do this for two reasons. If it costs nothing, it's worth it. Right, So it costs nothing, it's worth nothing, so if you have to put a little bit of skin in the game, you know that you're there uh, to do that. And the other thing is we don't provide them with anything else, which is quite deliberate. If they wanted to and create a huge place, they could do. It's up to them. I'm not going to get in the way. But they have to own it. They have to run it. I don't run it. And if they don't run it and don't own it, then we say, hey, thank you very much, but we can't continue to support you in doing this. What you do, right from the get-go, is you get people who are right? Instead of me going out and saying, hey, let me tell you what this is, and I'll do a big conference, and I'll feed you, and you'll learn lots of things, and you'll come. Well, in Africa, at most parts of the world, if somebody said a free conference, get up to Twin Lakes, get up to wherever, you'd go, because it's great. You get a free conference out of what you, and then next week, the Catholics come through and they offer another free. Next week, somebody else comes through and they offer a free conference, and so people are cycling around all these conferences. And we're saying we're not doing that. If you want to come, you've got to study, you've got to learn, and you've got to grow. So that one centre in Uganda started to grow um, in an old school. Uh, the minister was so deeply affected he had to leave the Pentecostal Church. They, they offered him a job as senior theologian in the Pentecostal Church because he was the best trained guy we ever finished. And he said, I can't stay. And he left. And it's taken him a number of years. But he's now planted a church in another part of Uganda and continues to run on that. So that's the whole idea. right? How can we make this as simple and cost effective as possible? And if we do that, and all the notes, by the way, all the notes are available online. If you go to mince.edu, and I'll actually show you, because we're on the Wi-Fi system, I can do that. I'll show you the way you can get stuff. we're good at doing, you've got RTS just down the road, you've got also, I mean, it's just down the road, to 2,9 hours, but, um, you've got all of these things, but it's not flexible. It can't reach these places. You have to go, to, I mean, I'm a product, right? I was given a scholarship to come to RTS, so I came to RTS, and, um, I, I came to do missions, and part of my deal was, <coughs> that I was leave and do missions, which I've fulfilled, of the dangers is people come and then they like it, then they stay, and then they never go back. Um, so I actually had to talk to RTS because I wanted to do pastoral ministry. After I'd been with you, I went and did five years pastoral ministry in Texas because I didn't want to go and do theological education without doing practical pastoral ministry for five years. Um, but it's, generally speaking, it wouldn't be accessible. If you want to come to RTS, you've got to fly over here and, and be in RTS. You can do that for a few people, but you can't do that for the sort of numbers we're talking about or we'd like to reach. Not affordable. What is the credit out? Do, you know, do you know what a credit out of RTS is these days? Do you know what a credit out of colleges these days? Up 500 or something. I heard a 500, maybe the other day. 500 a credit out. So um, not affordable for these guys. Not affordable at all. Um, Not self supporting. Most missions are not self supporting. What I mean by that is if I go down and I provide everything for you in a location in Uganda or something like that, and then after a while I leave, well, what happens? It all falls to pieces because it was built on a big, nice building, and I'm not against nice buildings. Um, but it was built on a big, nice building and all the rest of it. I, I, I was about to say, I'm not a big, the temple was a nice building, but then I was going to say, yeah, but you were the temple of the Holy Spirit. So we've upgraded even from there, right? So at this point, we are the church. That's our focus. Whether it's a house church like in the book of Acts, and it's only a house church, not because it was cool. It was just a house church because that's where they had to meet. They had to meet. Um, and it's very similar to what Paul does. He sets something up. He gets it going and expects them to run that church and he goes to the next place and he goes to the next place and then when they get off and so that's basically what we do. We're setting up these local centers, we expect them to run it, they do because they're motivated, they want it, the Spirit of God is working there just as he's working here, they just don't have accessibility. You give them that accessibility and they run with it and we've been so encouraged. I think if you see there on that sheet the numbers. We, at any given time, this was a a changeover sheet that we have. At any given time, we're running something like four and a half thousand students worldwide. Um, And there are only about seven or eight of us who are actually part of the sort of senior leadership team, if you like to use that terminology. And we've got, I'll show you where we've got a a large number of centres. Um, one other thing I always ask people is do stop and interrupt me and ask me questions. I do like that. So if you have a question, just stop and interrupt me. So not, not self-supporting, not expandable. If I've spent all my money on one place here, I can't spend it in the next building. If I don't spend any money on this place and they can build a thing in the next school or the next whatever, go do it. So we can expand and we've seen that. Um, and I'm going to show you some of that. And The last bit is not contextual. Um, we are reformed. We teach out of basically the guys that we work with are the um, are the uh, PCA, OPC, and the URC. Right? Those are the three denominations that most of our guys work with. That's the mission. Um, but there are issues that get raised on the mission field which are not addressed. And so one of the ways we do this is, and I mean, actually, no, I'm actually not going to get ahead of myself. Let me. Let me me, me give an example. This is an interesting um, thing. We're with a bunch of guys. We're in Kenya. This is a boarding school in Kenya. And when the school leaves, we move in. Because we happen to know the principal. So the guy on the far left that you really can't see, the guy on the far left is Abraham. He's the country coordinator for Kenya. The guy, the three in the middle, are refugees from the Presbyterian Church of Sudan. And the guy on the right, of those three, the guy on the right is actually the moderator of the Presbyterian church today. And they were saying, we need training, we need help, we've lost our call, we're Presbyterian. We see this a number of times, I'm Presbyterian. I'm not sure what it is. I had a Korean guy telling me that one day I'm Presbyterian. My dad told me it was Presbyterian. So I'm Presbyterian. No idea what it is, so please teach me. Um, so this is a center which literally School moves out, boarding school moves out, they come in for three weeks. School comes back in, they leave, they come in again for three weeks. And they do Christmas and two holidays, and that's how they run that particular center. It costs almost nothing to run the center that way. And again, you can see the notes in front of them. I was teaching them covenant theology, I think. Um, Now, we have a project. So you start, if you have nothing, you can get your certificate. Then you go up to an associate's degree, then you can get a bachelor's degree and many people, we want them to stop at that point because we've given them a lot of training and we want them in the churches doing their work. We then have a master's program and we have a doctoral program. And the gentleman that you can see, or can't see, uh, right in the back, standing there, is Isaac. Isaac is the Uganda coordinator that I was showing him in the very first center. He's the country coordinator. And he's busy working on his doctorate with us. In order to earn your doctorate, you write five of those courses for them. Now that means I'm supervising and other people are supervising, but I'm getting a Ugandan writing about Ugandan issues and his reform. <coughs> he's busy working on now our courses become contextualized. Let's say he's finished and he's finished a couple of courses. Isaac at least this, this point has finished one in the Philippines. He's traveling around teaching his course on Philippians. So we vetted, it. it goes up on the website. He's now taking the mission where I was doing it front. He's teaching it, and he's an African, teaching Africans. He understands more of the culture than I do, and he's writing and discussing these things in the context of that culture, which is really important. So we get a slightly different syllabus developing in Africa. If you're in uh, Russia, we've got a different syllabus, a slightly different syllabus in Russia, and we have these discussions. What do you guys need? What do we think you need? What have we got? It's a very practical discussion. And then we set the course of their theology in each place. And then slowly those indigenous teachers grow up. And once those, then we work with the indigenous teachers. And I haven't been out to Russia now. I haven't been out to the Psalms for, oh, five, six years. But they're running. They're running well. They keep going. I don't have to. I just get the grade reports. And I know the guy who's the coordinator there. And he's doing a good job making sure that they understand and he sits down. He's a Russian. He's got the Russian crazy sense of humor that they have over there. Um, And he just does a phenomenal job. So that's how the system builds and the system works. So Isaac's busy one of our human students. Uh, This is a great great story from a Presbyterian point of view. This is the Presbyterian Church of Malawi. I'm going to give you a quick story on the Presbyterian Church of Malawi. The gentleman you see standing up there, uh, his name is Jostert He's Doctor Jostajumba. Jumba. He is busy addressing a class of students. Uh, he approached us, so we were approached. Hey guys, um, we were approached from when was 2012. So in 2012, we met a bunch of people who were Dutch theologians who said, "We have this guy who needs to be trained. And train with them And we started to work with a doctoral ministry with him. Well, what happened was they saw our material and brought it in. And this was called the, the Presbyterian, Free Presbyterian Church of Malawi. It was a denomination which was 150 years old from the Free Presbyterian Church of Scotland. And they were still operating with some Dutch folks in there. So we trained him. He said, well, let's just use the Mins program in the denominational seminary. So that's what they started to do. And it grew and it grew and it kept growing. And so it outgrew the denominational seminary. And they had to make a decision. And they said, what we're going to do is we're going to run Mince independently. The seminary will stay the seminary. So that's going to feed just the denomination. Mince is going to run independently. And it then can reach the rest of the because it was getting stuck in that one location. And I said, all right, you guys are on the ground. You make the best decision. Well, they did. They made that decision. And from one center, it then got to six all over Malawi. And it grew and grew and grew. And they said, come out and help us. Um, And we said, we're going to we can't. That was 12. 13, they said, come and help us. And we said, no, we're going to we can't. 14, they said, come and help us. And we said, no, we're going to we can't. 15, they said, come and help us. And we got worn down like a persistent widow, right? So we said, yes. One of my colleagues went out there and said, this is incredible. They followed every single thing. We have a manual, and we have a catalog, which is how we operate. They had the Dutch missionary for <coughs> helping them. They've followed everything to the letter, and they've run this incredible program, which has expanded from one to six. Uh, you might not be able to see those numbers. Can you see those numbers? <coughs> yes. But that's the progress they have, and that's the number of men that we've got through the system. So right at the beginning, we had three bachelors. Actually, it goes back to 12 when we had one doctor. But we had three bachelors, we had one master's, so a total of four. And you can keep the tallies going. 2021 was actually one of the, um, 2019 was one of the, the huge high points for us. And then COVID hit, and then everything changed, and things changed around. But we actually had this huge graduation where they all came together from the six locations, and they met, and we did a full graduation. 79 students that particular year, which was a real high point for us, um, and balanced supplied every one of with books. So we had 79 students walking off with their degrees, or box for the books, and libraries, and the library we're going, and that just gives you an idea how it can expand, if we let it expand, and if we let it grow. Um, where are we operating now? We've grown a number of places, and I want to just mention a few to you quickly, which are new to you. Um, we've got a new center in Albania. I actually flew there. Um, and it's a, it's a center that was doing really well. It's run by some Dutch missionaries. And it was doing really well. And I thought to myself, I don't really need to go there. It's a plane ticket. Do I want to? And I thought, I, you know, I'll go. Um, I went and I was really glad that I did because they came up with all sorts of ideas. And they said, well, what about, guys, what about doing this? What about doing this? And we thought, you know, we had not thought about that before. Let's, let's add that to what we're doing. So each center, if it's running well, can make a suggestion, and if it's a good suggestion, we go, it's Wikipedia, you know, oh, that's a great suggestion, I'm gonna add that in. And so we started to add things in and add things in, and they started doing a superb job. So that was incredibly useful. Um, so we've got works in Albania, we've got works in, um, I'll tell you another quick story about Bulgaria. I was in Bulgaria. Um, we had a long program in Bulgaria for years, that they weren't doing all the homework. So I said, okay, if you're not doing my homework, that's not won't do it. Um, and then they, they closed the system down. But we did train. We trained 24 ministers in their big denomination that they had there. They had a denomination of 40 men, 40 churches, and we trained 24 of them. So that was something that we did, but they weren't doing a full-on mint system. And then they called me up again and said, we want to do this again. We want to do it properly when you come back when I flew over to see them one of them gave me a book and I do not have it with me but he gave me the book and it was a picture of a church on it he said remember the church and I said yeah he said you guys trained the minister and the two leading guys in that church and it's functioning and it's going and he gave it to me to encourage me to say hey this is it's, it's a fruit it's bearing fruit um, and we'll talk about that in a moment this need for church planting because God blessed it and now we've got a problem and our problem now is, what do we do with all of these guys who want a church block? In Zambia, we've got a guy who knows and he's working with eight other youth. Um, I say youth, up to 20, this is Africa. So he's an older guy, he's been a youth guy in the Presbyterian Church in Zambia. Um, and he said, the, 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 the Presbyterian Church in Zambia is going to be theologically indistinct. It's not liberal, it's theologically indistinct. We need to set up a new Presbyterian Church in Zambia. Help me to do this. And um, so we, we talked to him, and he's got seven or eight students that he's working with. He's going through Mintz himself. He was an elder, uh, a, a man of good report. He was session clerk for years, and then he was clerk of the Presbytery. Um, so he's a, he's a substantial guy. I mean, he knows Presbyterianism, he's educated, all the rest of it. He said, hey, When you came and spoke to this he said, I've been feeling a call to ministry, and I was so convicted. I just watched him when I was talking because I met him at a coffee shop and we were just sitting down talking in the coffee shop and his head just went down and down and down and down. I was so convicted. He said, time for me to get up and move and so the plan right now is that we're going to try and help him maybe towards the end of this year to start the first church and then with that, he's got six guys that he's working with very, very closely who he trained as Presbyterians um, and then they can become more ministers, hopefully. So if the Lord wills, there's an opportunity for us to start one, and then hopefully five more churches in that particular area. Um, which is the beginning of the denomination, if we can do it. What has been happening in Zambia is there's a great reformed Baptist presence there. It's a very powerful, historically a very powerful reformed Baptist presence. And all the Presbyterians are going to get better of theology of the Baptist, were in, And all the kids were saying, if you were serious, they were saying, we get better theology at the Baptist, we're living. We're not necessarily Baptist, but we're going to go there because this is where I going to fed. And so, um, as a result of that, um, uh, we're now starting this alternative. And we had a great graduation, 78 last year, and the numbers in Zambia have just exploded. Uh, We've got about 450 students over the whole of the country in Zambia. And so that's saying to us, what's next? And the next thing is, we are ministers are a theological institution. We're not the church, so we can't church. Right? That's not no. our remit. Um, but it's actually interesting that my situation at the presbytery, my situation at the presbytery is that I'm now moving from working in a local church to labouring out of battle the evangelists. So that just happened providentially at the same time. I sort of got kicked out of the nest in one place. And we'll see whether God uses that because now I have the authority under the to form churches, uh, even though they're not PCA churches. So, and that's happening there, it's happening in uh, Ethiopia. Uh, we've got the same thing happening in Ethiopia. Uh, Addis Ababa is this huge city, and I've got some video for you uh, in a little while. Uh, which languages are we in? So, this gives you a little look for our languages. Um, if you go, and I, I don't know what's going to happen, so I'm not going to hit this. I'm going to come back and hit it. But that's our EDE website where we keep all our courses, and they're freely available. If you want anything, go in there, hit a button, look at all the courses, see if you want anything. The Sunday School, Preaching, our guys used to all over the world. Uh, these are the libraries. So slowly we're building libraries up. Uh, but I said, Bada, give us a bunch of books. They ship pallets and pallets. So this is one library in Malawi. Next door, we've got another one in Zambia. And the guys come in and say, I'm preaching on whatever. What have you got? Oh, we've got William Hendrickson on so and so. OK, right. I'll take William Hendrickson out. And all of a sudden, you've got these guys literally in literally the uttermost parts of the earth. Some of them don't even have electricity in their house. Most of them, I would say in Africa, probably don't have that. No. I don't know. 30%, 40% maybe don't have electricity in their houses. But they have a copy of Becky They have a church. They have some lights in the church, and they're preaching the gospel. Um, And they are trained to a very similar level to RTS Because we've worked really hard to develop the the training. Um, This is the uh, group of refugees in Addis Ababa. Addis Ababa is six and a half million people. It's huge. Mainly Orthodox. So the Orthodox Church is huge out there. Um, And their theology sort of stopped in the 7th or 8th century. They never went through the Reformation or anything like that. And so these guys are saying, "Teach us, teach us." Now most of these guys are actually from Eritrea. Eritrea is a small little on the Gulf. If you think about the Gulf, the sewers, sewers, no, yeah, you've got sewers and you've got the Gulf. If you think about that area of the world, it's a small little country there, one of the most repressed in the world still. ex communists never had a revolution, Um, and so these guys are refugees. They've been forced out of the country, Uh, banged up in prison, real easily. Um, so they are now there, they're all training and for Lord Wills. We've got five of these guys who together we are hoping that they can form the nucleus of a new Presbyterian denomination there. Uh, one of the guys we'll be working with, he was he's in this picture at the back. Look at the back layer, uh, back right. You see the guy with lots of hair, like right? a big old bushy, bushy hair on the, on the right, he's only in silhouette there. His name is Solomon, and he would be in the class and he was the administrator. And I'd be teaching, and he'd put his hand out and say, what about this? And that was a brilliant question. And then we'd teach for more, and the rest of them were just asking the normal questions, and he'd put his hand out and say, but what about this? And he was just shocked. It didn't look like he was concentrating at all. Anyway, over a year and a half of working with these guys, he became reformed, because he wasn't when we started the program. And so I'm gonna, we, can, we can talk about that. This is... Uh, You can't read that because it's difficult to read. But does that look a little strange to you? That's uh, that's Amharic. It's an ancient Semitic language like Hebrew. And that's what they speak there. And so we've been translating our materials into Amharic because they're just not available. They don't have anything available in Amharic. So we're on a process. We've got 15 to 20 that we're going to do. These guys are aggressive. So they'll say, come here. And they feed them to all their buddies. They know everybody. They start feeding these horses to all their buddies. So, who knows where these things are going to end up, but that's part of what the MINS does. Now we've got all these courses, so we've got 250 or 300 in English, and we've got 400 in Spanish. Um, we we're translating and using the same system, and saying if you want, we'll do it. Uh, you're not going to be able to hear this I think, If we have a chance, we might, and I don't know about our time Um I might have to. 12 minutes. Oh, okay, great. This is a, a short. English is. Can you hear that? asking me these brilliant questions and in fact um, we got on with him so well that um, he's actually working as my assistant right now because I have a certain amount of admin that I want to get rid of as much as possible um, and he, he actually is now taking on that job, he's in Ethiopia, we've, we can run everything through the web so it's just Dropbox and if we need to talk to each other we just get on the phone and WhatsApp or whatever, it's easy. Um, but um, he's a product, of, and he and three other guys are capable of signing. We had a long conversation on the last trip of him, and um, he is capable of signing the Westminster Confession um, with three other guys. Um, and there's an OP mission there as well, and one of the guys from the OP who speaks a different language, um, he's also capable. So the guy who speaks Tigrania is joining the seminary. So the seminary is going to work in English. It's going to work in Amharic, which is the language that we've been translating into, and Tigrania, which is another language. There' just four major languages that they speak out there. Um, and these guys are aggressive. They'll just give it away, push it to people, give it to people, um, and then we'll see because the end result, it was the end result is cheerful um, or church training, you know, theological education is obviously to make Ninety percent of our guys are in Africa, not Spain. We've got works in Spain, we've got uh, Spanish in South America. I haven't touched that, just historically I haven't touched that. Um, but, ninety uh, percent of the guys that we train in Africa are on ministers or others. Um, so, uh, and you've got to want to do it because it's a full training course, it's a full 120 hour training course. Uh, from bachelor's house in Florida. Uh, I'm living in Katy. This is Valerie, my wife, um, and this is Anya, Florida. <laughs> um, and um, we are. I'm living in Katy. I was going to move to Florida, uh, and then a bunch of things happened, and, and God provided uh, a couple of really good colleagues who are helping me um, to to work in in the Katy area, in in the Houston area. So, I'm now in Houston, it's, we, our registered office is still Florida because we grant the degrees from the state of Florida. So we have people, I mean, I'm there, we have people in Alabama, we have people in uh, Toronto who are working in the system. It doesn't matter where you work anymore. But, um, so, so long as we have, our mailing address is Old Carter Presbyterian Church, and, and, um it was Mike Campbell, who was a minister up here for years, uh, up in Jackson, Mississippi at Redeemer. Um, and we've been working with old cut for years so it's been encouraging um it's been a change for me i've had to take on a lot of more of the accounts and the legal stuff but one of my colleagues that i'm working with that i mentioned a guy called Dan, he's been really helpful to me so i don't have to do the day-to-day accounting i just look at the accounts to make sure everything's running well and all the rest of it um and uh uh, we spent this year cleaning things up in terms of the You know, when you're so big and sprawling, and you're growing at a rate that we've been growing at, it's really difficult to keep on top of everything. Um, when I feel bad, I think I've mentioned this before, even here, when you read the book of Acts, the apostles are almost invariably on the back foot. They're not on the foot. <laughs> you know, something's somebody's broken out in Samaria, let's go there. Or you go out to Caesarea apart right because something's happening there, right? And it's a bit like that. Um, we're always on the back foot and we're playing catch up things have gone, but the exciting things for me going forwards are continuing to build the libraries out, the translation work that's happening into new areas, and then this church planting thing, which is beginning to, to, to grow out of mints, um, and it looks like the presbytery are going to assist in some way on that in Houston Metro Presbytery. So we're, we're really thankful. Thank you for your support. Um, we are we're running as hard as we can. Um, um, and it always just seems to get more and more when you add more things on um, but um, literally the gospel is going to the outermost parts of the world um, and uh, just I'll, I'll end with, with one little thing again I was in Uganda um, I was in a village there was eight mud huts eight or nine mud huts in the village you go into the mud hut there's two pieces of furniture. there's a bed and maybe a stool maybe a stool You sit outside and they've got a couple of small little logs and stools that you sit on. Um, The the grave, there were two graves just across there. One of them was a man's son who just died last year He got hit by lightning and was going out to get the cows back. They don't have any electricity. They work in the fields all day, they come back. Um, The witch doctor's house is just in the next little village that people will run to if they have problems. and we were teaching him, at this particular stage of the course we've been running this place, and we were teaching him the book of Revelation, which just happened to be where they needed us to be at that stage. It's not that we started with that, it's just what we were doing. Um, and I was sitting there thinking to myself, these guys who live so remotely and know almost nothing probably understand more about Revelation than 99% of the, 99% of the world slash Christian world. Um, what, what, a, what an amazing thing that, that these guys can get that level of knowledge. And how does it, how does it run out? We, we don't know. In Malawi, it ran out that a bunch of them were teachers. Actually, they were both elders in the churches and they were teachers. And so the teachers started to teach and then they started to design new curriculums of Christian curriculums. And one of the arms that we've added is, is how to design a church uh, a, a, a Christian educational curriculum. We actually added that on because they needed it. We had so many teachers that were saying, hey, we need this. Um, so um, thank you for the support. There are always challenges. There are always places that are falling apart. We have to decide are we're going to build them up, or are we going to leave them. Um, there's always a need to go to these places um, and meet them face to face, even though they do a lot of the work themselves. And the more we build them up, the less we have to do. But that just opens new grounds. And, and if you can remember, be particularly in prayer for, for for Addis Ababa. It's a challenging situation, but I think there's some interesting potential there. To um, so remember Solomon and Addis Ababa, that was the video. Um, and remember Zambia for the church planting. Um, that's a big thing that we're trying to get done. Hopefully next year we'll start that process. He, one of the guys graduates in August and that would be a suitable time for us to actually go down there and see about doing proper church planting with a proper Presbyterian church. So part of what I've got to do now to add on is look at the constitution that they've got and see whether that constitution is going to work in a new venture or not. And I'll discuss that with him and work through. So um, faith is reaching all sorts of parts of the world. So please be encouraged. Um, Sometimes it's discouraging here when we get news and we see stuff but there are many, many places where it's incredibly encouraging. And the gospel is growing and the people are growing. And that's one of my privileges to bring back to you, just to say, you know, the Church of Jesus Christ is all over the world. There are wonderful people that you're going to meet in heaven and they're going to say, oh, okay, you helped us, you know. And, and we're your brothers and your sisters that you never met, but you really helped us and you really were a blessing to us. So please be encouraged about that. Any questions?
0: <coughs> you mentioned um, praying for Solomon for the situation of church planting. Is that in Zambia? Zambia, yeah. Okay. And you mentioned uh, Addis Ababa. So Solomon is Addis Ababa, okay. and, and that's the seminary
1: that's, that's struggling. And it, it was running, it broke down, we fixed it, and it's, if it runs, it's going to run a lot better than it did before. We fixed the things that needed to be fixed. So Solomon, those are, those are a few things to pray for. And then generally, we just always ask for the students. We've got students literally all over the world. Uh, we have persecuted students in China. I didn't mention that. We've been closed out of China. Um, Zoom links have been cut. We were teaching remotely via Zoom a lot. Um, and those have been cut. So we're hoping to reestablish them next year. I'll end up flying to a little island just offshore. The plan is to fly to a little island just offshore from China, the mainland China. Uh, I don't know if it's wise that I go in there anymore. I it was going in, but it's I think it's just really difficult in China it's like the moment for the Christian churches. Um, so, you know, that's another one that we're concerned about. We just began to build that up. Um, <coughs> we're opening a Chinese seminary, which is for everybody, Chinese everywhere in Mandarin. So we're opening that next year. We're opening a French-speaking one for everybody, everywhere. But the Chinese one is really aimed at mainland China, but we're not saying that. We're just saying this is a Mandarin seminary. And so we're beginning to advertise it into all the Chinese churches and say, hey, here it is, come and get it. Because all we did was <coughs> moved our materials over, and then we've got... I found a Chinese Mandarin-speaking person who's willing to coordinate that because I couldn't do it. Um, and we still have students who are writing thesis in China... Um, in persecuted areas of China in the house churches.
0: Okay. okay. May we pray for you? I'd love you to pray for us. Thank you. Lord, We thank you for this news of all that you've been able to do through Mintz, through Julia, through his colleagues, to build up your church <coughs> around the world. We thank you that the gospel is going forth, that People are receiving training that that the church is being built up through the result of this work. We pray that you would continue to bless that, that it would continue. We pray that Julian and his colleagues would be encouraged by the fruit of their labors, that you would strengthen them to continue in that work, and that you would be glorified as the knowledge of the Lord covers the earth, as the waters cover the sea. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to the podcast of Faith Presbyterian Church here in Clinton, Louisiana. Check our website, faithchurchclinton.org, for more teaching and for our current schedule of events if you'd like to drop in. We pray this recording has been a blessing to you. Go in peace.